I think mindset is incredibly important as a business owner and as a creative, especially if you're a one-man band operation, if you're a small business, you know, your business is a mirror reflection of you. So if there's something that you're stuck on, you're struggling with, your whole business is stuck on and struggling with that. So it's really more important than ever that you start to think about the person that you need, you need to become in order to create the business that you want to create. So rather than thinking it as a, as a completely separate entity, start thinking it as about like you, your skills, your development, your knowledge. If you can improve your abilities um, and your knowledge base um, and become a better business person, then your business will become better and your business will grow. You are listening to the Creative Kind Podcast helping you learn from successful professionals about what it takes to run a business, grow an audience, and increase your income. With each new episode, you'll hear marketing strategies and business tips to implement right away. I'll be introducing you to the best of the best, and together, we'll learn about the highs and lows of running a creative business in order to become better entrepreneurs and build profitable distribution channels. I'm your host, Alex Leonard, owner of the creative company AL Media. My business specializes in videos, mural paintings, and illustrations. From working as a radio DJ, journalist, illustrator, painter, and now video editor, I've worn many creative hats. As an entrepreneur myself, I'm able to jump inside my guest's world with an insider's authentic viewpoint. So enjoy, we're going deeper into the Creative Kind Podcast. Jackson, thanks so much for making the time to speak with me today. I've said that a bunch, but I really mean it. You know, you are somebody who I do really look up to when it comes to your course content, as well as the fact that you've been able to uh, be such a champion when it comes to video business. You know, I was looking over your course last night and going through some of the examples of how you can walk a client uh, in the pricing process. And I think that... What I've learned from your course, Video Business Mastery, has been really foundational in, especially in terms of the mindset and shifting to think more as a business owner and less of a creative. And I'm sure it's something you must hear a bunch. And I'd love for you to just uh, start this interview uh, off by talking a bit about what your course wants to how your course can transform a business and where do you see the value of your course for the niche that you work with sure well yeah firstly thanks alex for having me on um yeah we, we started speaking a long time ago now and it's good to finally be chatting properly and um i'm really glad that you've been finding a lot of value in the course and um you know learning what there is to learn from it um, so I guess kind of like rewinding a little bit um, back to the, the sort of the, the reason behind why I started it would be that when I got into video production about 11 years ago, there was very little information on the business side. And when I started out, I was making pretty much every mistake that you could possibly make. And uh, it, was, it was slow. It was frustrating. Um, but most of all, just wasn't really making any impact with clients and wasn't really getting anywhere in terms of growing my business. It was just the same kind of jobs over and over again, 
year in, year out for the first few years. And it wasn't until I met my first mentor in the second or third year of running my business that I really started to get these sort of instruction and guidance that I needed to grow. And then everything started just on an upward trend from there. Um, so kind of the, the, the thinking the philosophy behind starting Video Business Mastery was to kind of pass on and share a lot of the ideas and things that I was taught from my mentors um, to pass it on to other creatives because I see, you know, day in, day out, talented people, whether it be photographers, videographers, uh, filmmakers, who have the skills, but they lack the business knowledge in order to really make an impact and kind of get the most out of their um, out of their work and out of their talent. So there was a realization quite early on that the business side is so incredibly important. And I think I'm a little, I'm a little bit strange as far as filmmakers, uh, creatives go, because I have more of a, a business mindset and I really enjoy that side of things. I very nearly went to study uh, business instead of film when I was first starting out. Um, but I kind of found a way to merge the two and I really enjoy both and they both go hand in hand. And it's also fortunate that video is one of the most incredibly powerful tools to help other businesses grow. So, you know, combining the creative and the business side of it can be an incredibly powerful force. And through starting the course and through mentoring people and um, growing my YouTube channel, my hope is that I can sort of pass on some of the um, business foundations and the business knowledge that will help people be able to do more with their creative skills. Amazing. Yeah, so good. And it's so true as well, right? Like so many people do struggle with understanding the business concepts. And I, I personally still struggle with that. I feel like a lot of people do. And, and you know, I'm sure there are times when you even feel that you struggle with it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think it's paramount to, to understand that distinction, right. And to be working towards starting to use more business language, starting to, to value what you do more, because that, that's a huge thing, right? Like I feel that people don't, don't value that. And so <laughs> I'm going to try and keep some order to this because we can bounce all over the place. Talk to me about your idea when it comes to value. I want to start here and then maybe come back to mentorship because mentorship is something you do stress a lot. Uh, and it's something that's been very valuable to me, but that's, it can be its own chapter essentially in this conversation. Um, but before we go there, so let's, let's talk about value because one of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten from your course has been value-based pricing versus pricing based on like a day rate or an hourly rate or on a project basis. Why? Well, for those who actually don't know, what is value-based pricing and why do you think this is so foundational when it comes to being able to charge for what you're actually worth? Sure. Yeah. So that's probably a good, good place to start. Um, so value-based pricing is, um, well, let's start with obviously day rates are a way of um, using a, a fixed price for, you know, charging by the hour or the day um, or even on a project basis. And for the most part, what I discovered that was that day rate and project rates are fairly arbitrary. Um, you know, people base their price on the market and what other people are charging. And it's just pretty much a race to the bottom because you're always trying to come in cheaper than someone else, especially in like a typical uh, pitching scenario. 
you know, a company asks for proposals, everyone sends them in, the person who comes out cheapest or second cheapest usually wins. And that's just not a, a enjoyable process. Um, and it's not the way to make the most impact and help businesses um, with your skills. So I came across um, results-based pricing, uh, also known as value-based pricing, which is effectively a way of pricing your services based on the amount of value that you're creating for the client. So for example, if you were to determine that the value of the project with the client was um, say a hundred thousand pounds. So you found out that the amount of revenue that you could help the client generate was a hundred thousand pounds over the next year, or let's say a hundred thousand pounds in profit, then you would price your services based proportionally to that. So you might charge 10, 20 or 30% of that amount. So 10 to 30,000 pounds. And the key thing here is that you're pricing your services proportional to the problem. So one of the big issues with rate-based pricing is that if you were to work with a mom and pop business or a small, you know, a small um, family business, then you wouldn't want to price your services the same as if you're working for a huge multinational corporation like Adidas or Coca-Cola. Uh, in fact, you'd probably just get laughed out the door. Um, you wouldn't be able to create a solution that was proportional to what they needed. So by having a day rate, you're essentially um, marketing yourself out of the higher um, opportunities that are available to you. Whereas with value or results-based pricing, you're able to always create a solution that's proportional to the problem. Is that making sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I love the example that you give about approaching like a Johnson & Johnson or a Nike, right? You need to understand that the quote that you're giving them should be proportional because they will, you know, you come in with a 5K I think you were like talking about if you come with a 5k quote, but this is a 30k project, they're not going to take you seriously. And I think to play devil's advocate in this situation, a lot of the times why people don't do this or why they, they have hesitation when it comes to making that transformation is because it's easier to be comfortable with what you know how to do. I find that when you are in the, the sales process, there's often a rush, like we need a quote, we need a quote now, give us a number, let's, I just need a number, that's all I want, and then I'm gonna, you know, but it's also, well, maybe if these people only want a number, they're not the best people to work with, or maybe what I think you do really eloquently is be able to turn that into a conversation. I think a lot of people are afraid of having that conversation where you're speaking frankly about numbers, right? And that to me is just mindset. So what advice would you have to somebody like myself who still can be spooked from having those. All right, let's, let's really dive into what the value of this is. Sure. So I think just to start with, there is a distinction between um, what we call price shoppers and value buyers. So some clients will just be out there to find the cheapest possible price. And they're the kind of clients who will ask for multiple proposals from you know, three or four or five different companies, and then they'll pick the cheapest one. Um, ultimately, that isn't actually the kind of client that you want to work for, even if one of those lands on your door. 
um, the reality is, is that it's not going to enable you to do your best work. You're not going to be able to create great results. It's probably not something you're going to want to put on your portfolio. So it's finding that distinction firstly between the price shoppers and the value buyers. Now, value clients are people who are really looking to um, grow their businesses and find the most value in a given project. And the majority of clients that I encounter now, I'd say are value buyers. Um, some people first appear to be price shoppers. Um, and the first thing that you've got to do is determine which is which. And that's where having an understanding of the sales conversation and being able to ask the right questions can help you determine, you know, which, which kind of uh, client that you're dealing with. Um, and oftentimes someone might appear to be a price shopper, but you can actually um, turn them into a, into a value buyer um, by revealing to them the amount of value that you can create for their business. Um, so just to give a little example, there was a client that um, I, I landed last year who came to me and straight off the bat said that he, was, um, he had a maximum budget of £5,000 and he was looking... Uh, he was speaking to uh, four or five other production companies at the same time. So immediately came across as an impression of being a price shopper. Um, but after speaking to him for about an hour and following through the results-based pricing process with him, by the end of that hour meeting, we closed the deal there and then for £20,000. And he said that he'd disregard all the other production companies that he was speaking to. Now, I think that's sort of the, the example of how effective results-based pricing can be. And at the core of it, instead of focusing on, on the price, you're really focusing on the amount of value that you can create for their business. It's very much all about them understanding the opportunities that are present and then helping guide them to be able to uh, make the most and grow their business. It's a great example. And how you can turn that price shopper into someone who's a value shopper, right? Like how do you, making that transition through dialogue. So one, one thing, again, selfishly asking this here, that I feel that I struggled with a bit in the course is understanding how value-based pricing can work in different scenarios. So one of the examples we talk about is if a client is selling this product X, uh, at, you know, at Y amount, and they intend to sell, you know, A amount increase. Will you multiply that by how much they think they can make as a as a benefit of your video relationship or of your business relationship? And then you take a certain percentage of that, right? So if they're selling X at a thousand dollars and they aim to increase that, you know, a hundred more, then they're essentially making hundred thousand dollars and you know what that way if instead of charging a thousand dollars it makes more sense now that i could ask for ten percent because that doesn't seem that that little right um in terms of what i should be making value wise now that's all well and good when it is a physical product or service i find though that with a lot of the i guess the businesses that i work with or the organizations they don't necessarily have like a brick and mortar location or they are say a service. So to give you an example, recently I was speaking with a politician who was asking for help with making like a political campaign video. How, like through just a politician, like what's the value there? Like, is it their votes essentially? Is it 
them entering office, right? Like that is where I start to be like, well, you know, if I see the value-based process very clearly to me when it comes to a product where you can quantify that. But what if, if it's not a physical item? So another client I did previously, they were a series of workshops that was to help train their employees on like DEI. And so that also, that I feel like you could maybe argue the value of an employee and, you know, having those employees and not having a high turnover, but it's just like that, those situations, can you kind of give an example of how you would handle that in the value-based pricing framework? Yeah, sure. So I think just to give people an idea, just to, to take a little step back. So the idea being that if you can help the company generate an additional, say, $100,000 in profit, and then you would then base your price on that. So the, the appearance is that in order for results-based pricing to work, you need to have a bottom line dollar amount to work with. Um, and at the end of the day, all businesses operate um, on profit, um, unless you're working with a charity, which they use different terminology, but they still need money to operate. All businesses um, use money for an exchange of value and use it in order to grow. So often I'll hear people saying things like, uh, well, this business is just looking for engagement. Well, you know, why does a business want engagement? Why do they want people to engage with their content? Well, it's probably because that engagement then leads to people visiting a landing page and that landing page is while they're selling their product and that product, you know, ties back to a bottom line monetary result. So part of the process and your role as a, as a video strategist, if you want to differentiate yourself from a videographer and go down the road of being a video strategist is that you need to gain a much deeper understanding of a business. You've got to go beyond that surface level of, you know, we just want views or we just want engagement and go deeper and find the real, the real why behind the project. Why are they really going about uh, wanting to create this video or start this campaign or this project? And I personally haven't worked with politicians in the past, um, but at the end of the day, it costs money to run political campaigns. And there's a risk and reward scenario there, just like with any business. So a, a politician will be investing money into their campaign with a potential reward at the other end of it. And it might be to get them into office, but along with that, there'll also be a monetary reward attached to it. And if you can get to the root of that and really understand what it is that's driving that person, what's driving that business to really want to do something, you know, they're speaking to you for a reason. They've got a purpose. And if you can find out what that is, go beyond the surface level find out really what that is. That's where you can make the most difference. Yeah, that, thank you for that. Cause that was a really good point. A, and a really good reminder to me to take that time to dive deeper, to really see what can I find. And I guess another, you know, I like to throw these counter arguments because they're helping me understand how to address these own hurdles. This is a self-step stuff. Yeah, it's good. What, what would you say to do when you're in that communication and a client doesn't want to, to make time, right? And that's a hurdle I've faced again. It's like, okay, like you're asking for proposal, but let's follow, you know, your advice. Let's, let's get on a call. You know, I feel like that's a better way we can close this. It's more personal. We can build that sharp relationship. And they really push back. They're like, look, 
eh, you know, that time's not going to work. These times don't work. Just send us a proposal. Like that to me is almost coming across as a price shopper. But if you have a relationship, you know, they're in your niche. This is a good client to work with. Like what's the best way that you found to be like, look, listen here, take it a call without it really being, you know, rude or in, your, in someone's face. Sure. Yeah. So you, you're right. That is an indicator that it could be a, a price shopper. But I think deeper than that, it's a sign that the relationship isn't necessarily built on the right foundations. And one of the things that's really important for results-based pricing to work is for you to differentiate yourself and not come across as just a service provider. You're just not just another vendor that is there to be chosen from based on price. And one of the most important things you need to do with any client at the very beginning is set the frame and establish yourself as an equal partner. So you're coming in there to help them with their business problems and help them with their business growth. And if you can do that, then you'll find that the client will make time for you because they're no longer in that mindset of here's a guy who just needs to send me a proposal. Let's get on with it. Um, you know, I just need that number. Instead, they're thinking, right, this is someone who really cares about my business. He's here to help. He's a partner. He's maybe viewed as a consultant, a strategist. So that's someone that they're really going to make time for. So I'd say making sure that you set the frame and establish yourself as an equal, that will be um, the greatest step you can make towards being kind of pied off, you know. Well, not sorry. That's that's the greatest step you can take towards not being pied off. That's that's the you know setting the frame is the best thing you can do for them to be more respectful of your time and make time for you. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. It's something that my mentor was saying the other day, and this is a good segue, is talking uh, about when you're in a process. There's so there's a few contracts that I'm waiting to hear back and they've been pushed on. And his advice to me was make sure that future contracts, like you are stipulating a, a tighter timeline in which these can be finished because you're now leaving not just money on the table, but you are, you know, they are taking up their free real estate in my mind, essentially, mm-hmm. right? As I'm waiting to finish these contracts. And so he's like, by making a tighter timeline, and what you're able to do, you are signaling that like, hey, look, like my time is important because right now he's like, they don't value your time as much as they should be because your time is valuable. It's a, more, it's a number one most valuable commodity, right? And so, yeah, so really good advice from him. I want to maybe switch gears um, and come to this next idea and talk about the value of a mentor. And, you know, we can tie this in so many ways, but you essentially are a mentor through the course. Right. Even it's like one to many, but it's recorded in a one to one format. And you talk a lot about your mentor and how that was foundational for you. Why do you think mentorship in general is so valuable as as business owners, as people just in life? Like it's so important to have a mentor. Why has a mentor been so instrumental to you and your success? Sure. Good question. I I think. As entrepreneurs, we will have tendencies to want to just go out and do it and make it, create it and, you know, find a way to make it work. And that's part of the fun of being a creative. And that's the mindset that's kind of part and parcel. But if you had someone who'd already been where you want to go, someone who's already done all the things that you're trying to do, 
then, you know, wouldn't it make sense to have them guide you and save, you know, potentially months or years of going in circles or going backwards or, or making mistakes? It's essentially having someone give you a roadmap of where you are now and where you want to go. So it makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have a mentor for the first couple of years of, of my business. And I've, you know, felt that frustration of, of going in circles and the difficulties there. Um, but it's just so much more enjoyable and rewarding when you know that the work and time you're putting in is getting you one step closer each day, one step closer to where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been very important to me, I feel, to have that mentor and multiple mentors for different areas of my life so that I can, I can learn from people who've been here, who've, who have this lived experience that I can tap into and I can ask questions and bounce that around. And I think on the flip side of that, I think it's equally important that I do my due diligence and I act as a mentor in other circles in life, you know, and you know, I'm welcoming them. I'm okay to accept feedback. And I think that this, this ties in nicely with you and your course content. I mean, we're kind of coming close here, but one of the last kind of key topics that I want to, to talk to you about is about your course design. And I guess let's also talk about that new, uh, more personal program that you have working directly with you. And so can you just give my listeners a, a bit of an overview of what are the courses that you have, as well as the more personal mentorship uh, options that you have? And, and also talk about like, how did that journey start? What was the genesis into you realizing that, hey, I can take all this knowledge that I've been having in conversations with other business owners and I should, you know, bottle this and package it essentially? Sure. So, okay, a couple of questions there. So I say, I say first off, I think everyone should get a mentor, uh, whether it's a paid mentor or free mentor. I suggest everyone should find someone who they look up to and reach out to them and find a way to get support and guidance from them. And it's something that I've done, you know, fr from the outset, like my very first mentor uh, was someone who I just reached out to, just asked for their help. And it became uh, a weekly, a fortnightly occurrence that we'd just meet up and talk. And um, he'd guide me with uh, what, I, what I was working on in my business. Um, and then there are uh, mentors who I've paid over the years as well, who've given a higher level of commitment and dedication to helping me. Um, and so I've sort of tried to, um, make myself available on different levels to help people. So there's a YouTube channel where I'm helping people for free. Uh, there's the, uh, video business mastery course where I've spent a lot of time creating over a hundred videos, guiding people step-by-step -step on how to start, grow and market a video production business. Um, that will take you from uh, pretty much zero to knowing how to price your services, land clients, and structure your business in a better way. And then more recently, I've created a, a mastermind, which is a six-week intensive program with a group of 12 filmmakers uh, who are all sort of on a similar page and a similar level. And we work together over a six-week period to land um, land clients beyond the price of the program. So these people in the mastermind will be at a level where they've already done work professionally with a client, 
but they're looking to put those sales systems in place in their business so they can gain some consistency and start hiring people and putting processes in place so they're consistently bringing in clients and charging considerably higher rates. Um, and then beyond that, I also work with a select few people one-on-one. -on -one. So I think, um, you know, I, I've tried to create a, a, a selection of different ways for people to work with me. Um, but I think at the very least, for anyone who is thinking about starting a business, you know, find someone who you look up to, um, find someone who's already done what you are trying to do, and just reach out to them and just have that conversation. And very often you'll find that people are just incredibly supportive and helpful. Um, you know, people like being able to share their experiences and, you know, the value that they have, especially with people who are enthusiastic and passionate about what they're doing. So, um, you know, don't ever let uh, money hold you back from, from doing it. Um, but just be very clear about your goals and where you want to get to and identify the people who can help you get there. Brilliant. Thank you, Jackson, for giving us that overview. And so a few questions here, wrapping things up. Uh, next question for you is, was there anything that we didn't speak about that you wanted to talk about today? Oh, um, I, th I think I, saw, I was talking to someone the other day about this, but I, th I think mindset is incredibly important as a business owner and as a creative, especially if you're a one-man band operation, if you're a small business. You know, your business is a mirror reflection of you. So if there's something that you're stuck on, you're struggling with, your whole business is stuck on and struggling with that. So it's really more important than ever that you start to think about the person that you need, you need to become in order to create the business that you want to create. So rather than thinking it as a, as a completely separate entity, start thinking it as about like you, your skills, your development, your knowledge, if you can improve your abilities um, and your knowledge base um, and become a better business person, then your business will become better and your business will grow. And similarly with pricing, I, I find pricing, pricing strategy intriguing um, and the whole philosophy of pricing. But so often I see people uh, self-sabotage in meetings when it comes to saying the price because of their beliefs around money. So, you know, for the typical person, you know, $5,000, $10,000 is, is a lot of money. But when you're talking to big business owners, like with the example of, say, Nike or Adidas earlier, that's, that's, uh, that's coffee money to them. That's, that's spare change. Um, but when you're in a meeting with a big business owner who's thinking in tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's very easy to self-sabotage because you're inflicting your own beliefs about money onto the client and into that project. And so just being aware of that and being aware that, you know, your business's success is entirely dependent on you. And once you've got that awareness, then you can start to make changes and improve. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, that's a really strong, strong argument you just made. And I think it reminds me of the argument of abundancy versus scarcity and having more of an abundant mindset and all the positives that come with this, you know, being able to think bigger, being able to ask for more, being able to be more confident when you show up in the meetings, 
versus scarcity, well, maybe you are going to ask for less because you're not sure and you want to give an offer because you don't know when the next one, right? Like there's, yeah, we can have, we can have a whole episode on just the sales process. Uh, so, but, you know, again, I want to be respectful of your time because I do appreciate you giving this to me. And so next question for you is, where can people find you? If they have their own questions, you know, they hear what, what you're talking about. We talked about the YouTube, we talked about your course, the one that I personally advocate for because I've learned so much through it. But if they wanted to uh, reach out to you, what's the best way? I know you're on Instagram, you're on YouTube. Uh, do you want to share an email? Is there anything else that you can share with my listeners so that they can get a hold of you? Sure. I mean, any of the ways you just mentioned on Instagram or YouTube, uh, Instagram, it's Jackson J. Kingsley um and youtube jackson kingsley but i try and reply to all the comments and messages that i get and i'd say just with anyone that you reach out to um make the time to research a little bit about them and know what it is you're looking for and what you want um and i found that i've got responses from people who i never thought i'd be able to get responses from um so just you know a top tip for reaching out to people do a little bit of research find out what it is um, that they might be able to help you with um, and demonstrate that in the, in the message. And if you want to take it a step further, send a video message too, because uh, you know, video messages are always the uh, great way to get a response from someone. Um, and if you wanted to uh, email me directly, then um, Jackson at five day Awesome. I love that. And so side note, I just want to add this. I do really appreciate that from before I was even a client of yours, I emailed you, you were super fast to get back to me, um, all the way leading up to now, you've been super on the ball and just very, very professional and very reliable in our communication. You know, this is the things that people don't see behind the doors, you know, they just hear the episode, but they don't see the back and forth of planning this. So I just wanna, you know, take time to appreciate uh, your humbleness and your graciousness and just all the good work that you're doing, man. It's keep it up. It's inspiring to me. It's inspiring to many people in the video business mastery community through our Facebook. So yeah, I just want to say, keep it up, man. It's, it's awesome to, it's awesome to have this time with you. And so, yeah, I just want to take that moment to acknowledge all the good work you're doing and uh, the class and elegance that you're able to bring in that, in that process. And so a uh, final question here for you, Jackson today. What does creativity mean to you? What does creativity mean to me? That's a really good question. Hmm. So to me, creativity is making something from nothing. I think just where, where there was nothing before, where there was a complete void, you're bringing together resources to make something meaningful or something with purpose or something that's expressive. So I think just that idea of, of something from nothing, that's... That's what creativity means to me. Amazing. Love that. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's the absence of nothing and the creation of something. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just want to finish by saying thanks again, Jackson. I'm going to take a screenshot here, but I'll do that in a sec. But yeah, just to end the recording. Really appreciate your time and make sure everybody you go and you check out Jackson's 
YouTubes, like even that, I remember I lost almost all your YouTubes and I was like, all right, this man knows what he's talking about. I should look into that course a bit more. So yeah, you have a ton of value that you share on your YouTube, on your Instagram. So I'll definitely make sure to include links for this. And just want to say thanks again, man. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Yeah, I uh, appreciate the kind words. I appreciate the support. I appreciate what you're doing and uh, anything that anyone can do to help creatives and uh, help people grow um, create better businesses I think is a good thing and what you're doing is awesome so yeah keep it up cheers this is Alex Leonard host of the creative kind podcast and owner of the creative company AL media my business specializes in videos mural paintings and illustrations from working as a radio DJ journalist illustrator painter and now video editor I've worn many creative hats so visit alexleonardmedia.com to work together